Dr. Stu's podcast at drstuespodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Subscribe to the feed so you will get each and every one of Dr. Stu's brand new podcasts. Give them a nice review, too. Five stars, right? Five stars? Five stars, yeah. Give them five. If you can give them seven stars, give them seven stars. Dr. Stuart Fishbein, my friend, how are you? You know, Brian, every time you give that introduction, I want to sort of chime in some clever remark, but it's so smooth and golden that I just, I have to listen to it because uh-huh. it's 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 my name. It is your name. Yes. It, it is your introduction. I'm feeling really good. How are you? By the way, you look really good. We didn't see each other last week, but you... No, I was, I was gone last week. I right. Think. right. And you come in here today... And I was telling Randy Wang over here, and I and I didn't. Uh, you, know, you look like ten million bucks. I don't know if you went and did uh, some, uh, you know, uh, retreat. Well, it's uh, nice you, that it shows. You did know, you exfoliate or what's going no, on? No, but you? you know what? You know what? You know what did it for me? Idaho. Really? Not Utah. Yeah, <laughs> Idaho. Utaho. No. Idaho. Idaho. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Idaho. Hell no. Right. Idaho. Um, right. Yeah, I was in Idaho. See, I don't think Idaho would would produce this effect for me. No, not it wouldn't for you. There was no fast food. Really? Yes. Did you have to go and kill your own game in Idaho? No, no, no. There? there were some nice restaurants and stuff like that, and lots of pizza and and things like. that. And you a, were skiing. Too. We were in Sun Valley nice. uh, with the family, so you know, going on a holiday with the family is uh, challenging. Is a mixed bag of whatever emotions. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. uh, a holiday family, you experience the full spectrum of human emotions. It's emotion. not generally very relaxing, right. put it that way, because right. everybody has uh, their old traits that they fall back into and uh and that happens nobody pretty can quickly. make and nobody can make a decision uh-huh uh everybody has to chime in on where we're going for dinner it takes us an hour to figure out right. that thing right. it took us it took us like three hours to get out of the house every day <laughs> to go skiing but you know it was enough for me because you know my, my legs are just sort of uh jelly by the end of the ski day and right it was, it was perfect the weather was perfect how many days you ski for just three. That's fun. Yeah, a day of traveling there, a day of traveling back, and three days of skiing. Did I ever tell you about my skiing trip? I've been on one. No. My mom... But, but I'm sure you're going to tell us now. I am, and I'm going to do it briefly. In 19... 19- Randy, have you heard this story before? I don't believe you've heard this story. Not this one. No. It was 1991. I was 18, and my mom announced... Maybe I was 19. My mom announced to the Whitman... We had a Whitman family meeting. A couple of days after Thanksgiving, she said, I want to make an announcement. This year, we're not having a traditional Christmas. And I said, oh, God, would you have any worse ideas than that? And she said, here's what we're doing. The day after Christmas, we're going to Crested Butte, Colorado. The whole family. I've been there. Okay. So, you know, it's beautiful. Yes. Right. If you don't ski, it's not really, really. (laughs) No, especially if it's wintertime. (laughs) If it's December 26th to January 3rd. Yeah, yeah. it's not a good time. It was a challenge. So we go there. We didn't put up the Christmas tree. There was no gift exchange, very minimal maybe. And then we go on December 26th with my two cousins who are nuts. And we get on there and we fly the whole family. Well, you have to fly to Denver and then you have to change planes. Right. Take the little plane. The little pea shooter where I think we're all going to die and we'll get to the airplanes where people sadly have died. It seems that way although we can't find these people it's odd but yeah so i go there and i say okay i'm gonna take a ski i'm gonna learn how to ski i'm 18 19 i'm a young stud a limber stud i gotta learn how to ski here so i <laughs> that's that's just a picture i cannot imagine right it's impossible <laughs> yes. isn't it? so i get out there and i do the group the group ski thing you know it's like 10 15 people in a group and uh oh that's horrible right yeah so, uh, private lessons are nothing right so the next day i go out with my cousins who are like expert skiers i fall off the dismount from the lift i fall off <laughs> so so that you're one of those guys that makes me sit on the chair for 10 minutes my cousin right. tommy who's younger than me he said when i say stand you got to get up 
because the lift doesn't stop moving. No. So here we come down to the to the dismount. And you're probably on the bunny hill besides. I think we were we were like maybe yeah, but it yeah. Was, but it was challenging for me. <laughs> so we get up there and he goes, I'm in between them. Two miles an hour. One on one it's side. It's we're on, coming on the dismount. He goes, Brian, stand. I stand, my leg twists, I go right down, and here come the chairs are coming at me. My cousin runs at me sort of in slow motion. Oh, God, no. And he pushes me out of the way, and then I can't ski down because turns out I didn't learn how to ski the day before in the group lesson. So I'm going down on my butt. It takes four hours. And then the next day, I said, okay, I'll do a one-on. I'm going to really go they for didn't, it. They didn't teach you pizza and French fries? Pizza, French fries. That's what that I did. It seems like it would have been right up your alley, by the way. <laughs> I discovered it on about the 29th of December, pizza and French fries, and did that for the remaining five days of a trip. <laughs> no, I meant pizza and French fries as far as how to put your skis. You've never heard that term oh, before? Oh, no. No, I haven't. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's no. pizza and French fries. I don't think I got good lessons. Pizza, maybe. snow plowing, and French fries are where they're... They're side by side. See, I could have related to this. I should have. That's mastered how they this. teach. That's how they teach beginner skiers now. They left. Believe me, if they said pizza and French fries, I would have remembered them. <laughs> they probably said goulash and uh, yeah, and you know uh, and mash. Yeah. yeah, right. And ahi ahi mahi mahi. Oh please, well, but, any, no, you so, look great. I'm glad you had a good time. Well, yeah. Except uh, it's funny because talk about these small airports. So we're getting ready to go home the next day and. Uh, part of the family's still out skiing uh, because we're, our flight's supposed to leave at 4.45 in the afternoon. We get a call at around 12.30 that the airport in Sun Valley is closed oh. and we have to take a bus. Closed because of weather? Because of fog. We have to take a bus down to Twin Falls. Oh. All right, so every, we got to catch the bus at 2 o'clock and they're still on the slopes at 12.30. So it was a mad dash to get everybody in. We get to the airport. Plenty of time to get to the airport. They put us on a bus. It's an hour and a half bus ride. Oh. Um, so I made it through the entire... Uh, skiing without any injury at all. That's I great. fell asleep on the bus. My daughter fell asleep on my shoulder on the bus. That's sweet. We got to Twin Falls, and I threw my back out. Oh, no. <laughs> on the bus. On the bus? It was planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And there was no food. Then we got to Twin Falls, and the, and the vending machines were broken, and there was no food. Well, you know what they say about Twin Falls? You can't trust the vending machines in that town. I've heard them say yeah, that. Yeah, they've many said times. it. I've heard it for years. Randy, you've heard that. You've too. heard that for years. Twin Falls. Randy, you can't. That's why we pay Randy the big bucks because he sits here and eats while we're uh, while we're doing our thing. You can't trust the vending machine in Twin Falls. You've heard that. You cannot trust a vending machine. You in also Twin Falls. can at my work. You can't trust the vending machine, and they put a sign on the vending machine. It says, "Please do not rattle or shake the vending machine." So they already know that the vending machine's going to go. Right. It should say, "Brian, stop rattling," because right. they see me do it. Because I try to get a Twix bar, and then it hangs in the lurch. And and I have to grab that machine and throttle it to release. Well, the pretty chocolate. soon, pretty soon, you be you know they're going to be banning those machines anyway because you can't have candy and fast food anymore. It'll probably be a, right. a government regulation that comes along and says you can only buy granola, you know, and uh, bottled water. Of course, they'll get rid of the bottles because the bottles are bad for the environment. So I don't know what they're going to do nowadays. We'll have to put the drink in your. Can't hand. have a water cooler because right. it's contaminated. Right. So. But we saw here in California, by the way, the California Democratic Party with their platform officially endorsing the legalization of marijuana to treat it like a like a cigarette, like tobacco, like alcohol. Oh, well, if they treat it like a cigarette, then it'll be banned. Well, that, that's so just how it. do you legalize marijuana and treat it like a cigarette? Well, what you do is you legalize it and then, <laughs> then, so, and then demonize it like 12 <laughs> yes. months after. Yes. That. <laughs> right. So they look good, but they really don't do anything. Right. This is this is uh, this is what uh, politics sort of is about. I remember a couple podcasts ago, we talked a little about. ACOG coming out with the statement, the yeah. uh, Homer Simpson statement of that uh, their C-section rates do I Look for the Homer Simpson image right here on DrSeussPodcast.com and check out that podcast. And I had an interesting conversation with a very smart friend of mine yesterday. I was at a board meeting uh, for the Sanctuary Birth and Family Wellness Center, and I told him about this thing, and he said, you know, 
and he said they don't want to lower the c-section rate and i said what do you mean they don't want to lower the c-section rate he says they're just they're just like politicians they're spinning things mm. they just want to say something that makes them look good but they're actually doing nothing to lower the c-section rate. and i thought about it for a while and i said you're right there's no teeth in this thing they can't enforce it nothing's going to change in any way shape or form until we have other uh reforms that take place like tort reform and so i thought about it. well it's like in politics it's like Everybody in Washington, they, they go home and they tell people they want to do all these things, and they come back to Washington and they do nothing. Yeah, the other day we saw a couple of days ago, they were up all night doing that all-night session talking about global warming. Like, that helped anybody? That they, you know, they were up, uh, they did an all-nighter. They had Diane Feinstein and Barbara Boxer doing all-nighters talking about global warming. Who cares? It's just the fact that they would do it all night and do a publicity stunt. It's just, I, I, I think. Yeah, it, it really is. That's exactly what it is. It and, drains me emotionally that yeah, they do that. Yeah. And speaking of, speaking of uh, draining of, me emotionally, uh, no. Well, yeah. How about this one? Um, what's with this? I mean, this probably will podcast will air after we have a solution to this thing. But talk about bizarre things uh, going on. Tell us, tell us about because you were uh, you got your finger on the pulse of this stuff. Tell us about this Malaysia Airlines thing because well, yeah. as of today, as of today, we have a plane that apparently fell from the sky from thirty five thousand feet, and uh, nobody can find it. Or any of the people that were on it, or the black box or the flight data recorder that was in the cockpit. There's no debris field. There's nothing. There's, right as of now, there's none of that. It's supposed to send a beacon if a plane crashes into the water or crashes into the land. It's supposed to send out a beacon so th so that it can be traced on radar, so they can sort of figure out where it is. But it is so beyond sort of belief that as we speak now. Almost 300 people would presumably fall from the sky in an airplane, and we can't find it? Yeah, this reminds me, it's sort of, I mean, again, I know this is, this is silly, but it reminds me of like a science fiction movie or something like that, where, where like somebody, like uh, outer spaceship put a tractor beam on the thing and, and zipped it up into space. That's it. And, you know, we don't know what happened to it. I mean, I, obviously, I'm hoping that someday we'll find out for the families that are missing these people. Of course. But... There were some strange things that went on, too, at the Malaysia airport about the passports and the fake passports and paying cash and not checking these people out. Yeah, and, and I, don't think, I don't think the passports, I think fake passports are more common uh, than, than, than we might think. And, and they, as of now, they're saying there's no connection between these two guys who I think were Iranian citizens who had the fake passports. There's no connection, no terror ties as of now. Uh, look... I think, but who pays cash one day before right. the flight? I thought I thought we learned with nine eleven one way trips a couple of days before the flight with are cash. Red, are yeah, red you, you kind of look you look that right. look into that sort right. of thing. Right. Anyway, we don't know that that's the case, but well, you want to hear the craziest theory about this airplane? Please tell me because okay. I really haven't. I've been out, like okay. I said, I've been in Idaho. I haven't been paying attention right. to the news. I just turned it on last night after I watched the hockey highlights. Of course, yeah, right. Kings have won eight in a row. I just have to say that. By the way, I saw that guy that with the stars having cardiac arrest. Oh yeah, how about uh, that? But he's okay. I, I thank goodness. Yeah. I, I thought of you. You're such a hockey fan. I saw that story. Yeah, I, I think you know what, and I think it's really appropriate that they actually postponed the game. Yeah, I think that that was a good decision. I mean, I'm sure the fans probably once they heard he was okay, maybe feel bad about not being able to see the game, but. Things are things take precedent over sports sometimes, and this was one of those things. I thought it was a smart move. Yeah, but anyway, I get, so too. get back to uh, the craziest thing. Well, the craziest thing I think about this airplane is this. Here's the craziest theory. Some people think, and this might be X Files sort of, you know, controversy, uh, conspiracy corner stuff here. But w w what what I'm what I'm what I'm hearing, and it's it's the craziest one so far, is that maybe the plane was the pilots were overwhelmed. The plane was landed safely at some phantom hangar 
somewhere over there that nobody knows about. They landed the plane. The people got off the plane, and they let them off the plane, and now they have loaded the plane up with explosives. George Norrie's talking about it on Coast to Coast AM. Fill that plane up with explosives and WMD and have that plane ready to fly into some target on Coast to Coast AM. Now, whose theory is that? That's sort of my theory, but George was sort of talking about that, too, on Coast to Coast. So they must have known how to uh, disconnect the black box and disconnect the transponder and all those things. I mean, this had to be thought out in advance. The other thing is that, you know, we're we're relying on the Malaysian government, really. I mean, have they told us everything they know? I'm thinking no. I'm thinking they're they're hiding some information, maybe. It is a very interesting mystery. Um, And people hear this and maybe think I'm a little crazy, right? I understand that. I get that a lot. But, well, I don't think there's any crazier than any other theory that people have come up with. How crazy is the story on the face of it? A plane falls from the sky. We don't know where it is. We can't find a piece of wreckage from the plane or uh, grimly and, and very tragically a victim. We can't find any of these folks. I mean, it's 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 bizarre. And that's an understatement. Right. Right. All right. So what does this have to do with anything that we normally talk about? <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with anything so we normally talk about. So what would about. you like to talk about today? Well, I know that you uh, uh, were talking about family planning, actually, a moment ago before we started the podcast, because um, you had to bring your car in to be serviced today. <laughs> that's right. Right. That's right. I yeah. said, well, yeah. how'd you navigate that? If you Because you have two cars. And how'd you get? I'm thinking you're driving two cars. He said, Brian. My daughter. Well, uh, yeah, I took the Suburban in for its 200,000-mile checkup. Congratulations. Thank you. Is it's, that a girl or a boy car? It's this, a girl. It is a girl. Does yes. she have a name like Betsy? No, she has no name. She's just her, but she but she does have uh, some rough edges. She does? Yeah, she's been beat up pretty badly. I hit a post in the parking lot a couple months ago. And, Sorry to hear that. And then uh, I think I hit something else. That's my act. And then I hit, You're doing my I think act. I hit a pole at a McDonald's parking lot on the way up to San Francisco. That is time. definitely my act. Right. Running into poles in the McDonald's parking lot. But, uh, I invented that she's act. She's still just, she's great. And anyway, so, uh, but the, uh, sur- the service engine light came on, so I thought I'd have to take that in. It was probably a good idea. And uh, so I took it in, and I got an estimate uh, from the guy for routine service. Nothing special, 1100 bucks. Oh, my gosh, right. Nothing special other than $1,100 $1, for what? Oil change. Oh, you could have gone to Jiffy Lube for thirty nine ninety five. Probably shouldn't have even brought it in, but that little light comes on, and I'm just a little zombie, and I do exactly what I'm told. In my 89 Honda Prelude, I ignored the check engine light for seven months. And I kept driving, and I was on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, and the car just said, "I'm done." Right. So, so anyway, you asked. Oh, go ahead. No, no. You asked me. You asked me. Well, how did I get back here? Did I get a loaner? And I said, I didn't need a loaner. Right, because you had your daughter who was able to drive a second car. And I said, Oh, that's right. That's why you have those kids. Yes, uh, that was actually Randy's thought. Randy said, uh, he said that's the only reason to have them. <laughs> it's the only benefit, really. Right. You get a ride to the dealer. <laughs> the, right. the car dealer. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah, and the then I'm, you don't and then I'm sitting in the passenger side with my daughter driving. And are you nervous? Are you nervous when she? Yeah, drives? actually, I was a little nervous. Do you, we call it the OS, the OS handle up up above. You know the. No, no, I was trying to stay in my Idaho mode and very relaxed, and <laughs> it wasn't working. When she's, you know, we're going sixty miles, sixty, seventy miles an hour, and she's like three car lengths, two car lengths behind the car in front of her. I said, Maddie, you know, you're supposed to be a car, uh, ten feet for every. Or a car length for every 10 miles an hour. and Dad, I know, I right. know. I feel that she I was wanted to... I was just going to slow down. Right. I was just going to hit the brake. She wanted to strangle you, I'm sure. No, no, we had actually a very nice but ride But if she's home. driving... And we, she, we wanted, she wanted to strangle me on the way home from the airport uh, on Sunday night. Well, after the bus and everything. Oh, and then God. There were no vending machines. Oh, we ended up... It, it actually took longer 
for us to go from getting off the airplane at LAX to going to the baggage to waiting over half an hour for our bags oh. to then going out to the Mary to the uh, shuttle fair, shuttle place to right. waiting for the Marriott LAX where we park our car waiting 37 minutes to wait for that car. It took us longer to get from the airport to our car than it took us to fly from Salt Lake City to LAX. But for for <laughs> you to have determined that it was a 37 minute wait sounds like a guy who started the timer as soon as he got out to the car. Well, we looked at we happened to look at the uh, at the clock when we when we luggage came okay. and he said, "Wait, it's already this time." Right. And we thought we were because we landed at something like nine. 10 Ugh. and we didn't get our luggage till after 10 o'clock and you have to go into work the next morning yeah she has she and, and, she stayed home from school yeah she's smart, <laughs> yeah. She's smart. i wasn't i wasn't allowed to do that right you went to work i have day. to work yeah i know you do right and by the way things are so, so you did you had a you had an event at the sanctuary and and you did also uh i know there were some some items that you sent that uh that were uh well i wanted to talk a little bit about vacation and this is and this is one of the things that i think it's important to do it i mean it's important to decompress well here's the deal at the at the board meeting yesterday at the sanctuary we talked a little bit about one of the things that I need most in order to survive and to, to keep my happiness. And that's because while I was in uh, Idaho, uh, one of the patients I, or clients that I'd picked up um, about 10 days prior who was breech mm -hmm. happened to go into labor. Oh. And I'm in Idaho. And there isn't a single physician I can rely on in Los Angeles or anywhere nearby. But this problem who, has come up before for yes, you. Right? This is the third time in three and a half years where I've taken a vacation and on a breech patient they knowing that I'm going to be on vacation when they sign on with me because because you tell them yeah I mean the vacation's been planned for six months and they I met them ten days ago but it's it's tragic for me and so she ended up having a cesarean section and uh, I can't do this I mean it, it's it it bothered me I, I reached out to a lot of my um, midwife colleagues and sent them text messages and they all sent very encouraging supportive things back and I felt better about that but overall you know I need help and I need somebody whether it's a old physician who's disgruntled with the hospital system and wants to get out or whether it's a resident who just sees that this is not the way medicine should be uh who wants to be trained and learn to do uh things like breach and twin deliveries vaginally and wants to work in, at in a nice environment like the home rather than in the hospital um yesterday my partner had to do an emergency surgery on someone and and they gave him a time and he didn't start the surgery for two and a half hours later he started his surgery why the delay uh you know what that's that was why is the sky blue brian i mean i, I guess we answer there's more of an answer to that than there is why is it a two and a half hour delay so anyway so so i i feel like it's really hard for me when i take a vacation like that yeah um to do to and i plan to take my vacations when i don't have anybody do but these the breach things come up at the last minute yeah that's a lot of unneeded i well, not unneeded but because, but i know you and i know your passion for this and i know how you feel about not being there and i'm sure that really uh, a, a great couple and they want lots of kids and now they're just their first baby first baby and now they're going to have to deal with the v-back issue and they live up uh, in the boonies uh, way up in antelope valley oh. beyond antelope valley oh, actually wow. and um so there's nobody up there that's going to support them in a VBAC issue either. Well, do you think when we talk about and we talk about home birthing and sort of the, the return and we see this trend and we've talked here on Dr. Stu's podcast for as long as we've been doing this for over 40 podcasts, right? 
We're over 40, aren't we? 44. This is 44. This is 44. Congratulations. It was Reggie Jackson's number. Yes, it yes. was. Okay. So, uh, the, you know, we, this has been a trend, of course, in talking about this return to sort of nature and birthing outside the hospital, home birthing. Do you think, Dr. Stu, that ultimately this change is fueled? You indicated a moment ago that you don't know. I'm paraphrasing. You don't know if it's an older, disgruntled doctors who will turn away it's just sort of what you said yeah yeah that if it will be older sort of veterans who are turning against the system or will it be residents up and coming who just have an entirely different perspective i mean who's going to champion the future of this of this trend well i think that that's an important question isn't it you know if we can if i'm sure there's somebody out there who would like to free themselves from the system that they're stuck in right now they, they've got to see that there's got to be doctors who are not just, you know, falling in line lockstep uh, with the idea that they're banning this and banning that and we can't do this and we have to wait two and a half hours for that. They, it's got to drive people crazy. Now, I know there's some satisfaction, certainly in being an employee um, and just working a shift and having time off and knowing when you're off and knowing when you're on and getting a salary and getting a paid salary. Uh, but but you also give up control. You give up the idea that you have input into the policies. You give up the idea that you control your hours. You control the number of patients that you see. The average employed physician, there was a survey on Medscape. just came out last night, actually. I was reading it. And uh, they said that the average employed physician sees somewhere between 20 and 35 patients a day. All right. Now, that's a lot wow. of people a day. Uh, that's office visits? That would be office visits, correct. That's not a lot of time with, uh, with every person. No, if you figure, well, you can do the math. You no. figure there's, you're working eight hours, and you just say you're seeing 30 32 people a day that's four people an hour that's 15 minutes per person right assuming that you don't pee and you don't eat and you don't uh have to write notes right okay right. or right. type notes it's unrealistic it's unrealistic but that's what they're doing okay so and again some visits you can easily get done in four or five minutes but some visits take 35 40 50 minutes to do and you know they don't schedule it that way so it's very difficult uh for some doctors to tolerate that sort of thing and and i know a couple years ago we had a woman who came out of uh i think she was in kansas city at some i think university of missouri i guess okay yeah in kansas city and uh she came out but it was a little too early for us to for us to offer her to be able to offer her stability Mm -hmm. she ended up taking a job in san diego that didn't work out and she's now working with a good friend of mine glenn elrod up in wasilla alaska which is famous for what sarah palin that's correct I can see Russia from my house. <laughs> right, I remember that. All right, stop mocking her. Right, my friends say, well, she never said that. That was uh, Tina Fey said she, that on she Saturday She could night. be the next president of the United States. Yeah, could be. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> be careful because these tapes will never go away, Brian. Let me ask you a question. Do you know, you, your, the IRS could be coming down on you if it's, if it's President Palin. They're going to be checking out your, uh, yeah. your tax return. Yeah, right now I'm safe, I think. I think right now with this, I, I Obama think the odds are, the odds are yeah. yeah, you're safe right I now. Think, I think I'm on record as being sort of, uh, you know, sort of them understanding. Should that we take I'm a break? Let's just stop for a second. So it's like a soupy sales show. Somebody at the door. Yeah. Randy Wang just oh, went got to a the door. Got another FedEx. It's like the soupy sales show. <laughs> Who's at the door? <laughs> it's a naked lady at the door, right? Or throws a pie at soupy. What'd you get? What'd you get in the mail? <laughs> I remember that. Of course. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, I'm an old soul. Yeah. What'd you get, Randy? What'd you get, Randy? What ca- oh, have you been served? Were you just served, dude? No. It's just on? some benefit stuff. Oh. All right. It's not the medication you ordered from Kaiser six weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, what it is is uh, I uh, left a job a few months ago, and this is the, uh, hey, do you want to join Cobra? Oh, that. Okay. Oh. Now, isn't this? And they send it by FedEx. That's very nice. Well, yeah, because they want you to pay the uh, extremely ridiculous premium right no, away. No, it's probably some regulation that says they have to send it to him and he has to get it. Cobra's crazy. I remember at one point in my life I had to do Cobra. Why do they call it Cobra? I what, don't know. What's it stand for? I think it's, is it an anagram? Is that what it is? is acronym. It, acronym, right. <laughs> anagram is it's like something a, that's spelled the same backwards and forwards. Is that right? No, that's a palindrome. Well, that's a palindrome. Madam I Madam would be the most famous. Or a man, a plan, a canal, Panama. Oh, Yeah. I remember that one. So what's an anagram? Uh, I don't know what an anagram is, but I think Cobra right. is... Anybody can, listing right now, you can email us at... AskDrStew ask at gmail.com. What the definition of an anagram Yeah, we got to get to the bottom we of We need what? a live show so people could call in. We should do a live show. That would be... We should do a live show at the Sanctuary. We should do that. We should set up and do a recording down at the Sanctuary. Well, that would be... That you know would what, be totally you know what would be fun? fun? We could actually get a uh, live audience there. Just uh, That would be so much fun. Because you're, you're good at that. I mean, this is what you do for pres professionally, but it would be a lot of fun to do that. Yeah, you'd see me really come to life. You'd it, would be be, it, it would be like one of these these uh, podcasts where we're essentially much ado about nothing because these are my we really haven't so. talked about anything. These <laughs> are my favorites. No, we, we touched on the medical situation. And Malaysia. And, all and, and Malaysia and, Airlines. Malaysia Air. We talked <laughs> about your car and the ski trip. And, uh, we, we, and family. And, right. uh, uh, and, and, the and why we have children. And vending machines. <laughs> that don't work correct and, all and of twin this. falls right all of this right i mean i think we've got and by the way we're almost out of time aren't we yeah so we have covered a great deal <laughs> wait so where were we going with this though before we got interrupted by soupy sales i don't know but <laughs> who's at the door oh well aren't you nice it's a naked lady and he throw the white fang was the he throw the pie in his face oh my god that was crazy yeah, yeah. we're dating ourselves terribly it's great I oh love i know what we were talking i used about. to listen to soupy on the radio when we, i was a kid we were talking about my good friend up in Wasilla, alaska and that's where we sort of left off and, i can see russia but, from my but house. she she chose now she's working in a hospital setting but they they work with uh collaborate with midwives they do um very very natural birthing type stuff and this is what i know there's somebody out there for me who will want to come, because I would also like to talk. I've, I've been invited to lecture at a couple places, like once in Florida, and I couldn't accept because I had people do at that time. Right. And this is a problem uh, that when you are a solo practitioner, you're sort of stuck like well, this. And when for your entire, or you feel guilty like I did. And when for your entire career as a physician, it was always par for the course to have a physician who would cover for you. Yes. Right. And now to not have that has got to be like living on another planet. It is. Well, yeah. You know, I don't know. It's. I. Don't, it's. It's. Yeah. I guess it is. It's frustrating. I don't know what like living on another planet would be like. Right. But but it might be like, a lot it, like this. But if it's like this, <laughs> then I wouldn't like it very much. Um, yeah, just the idea that there isn't, there wasn't even one hospital-based physician. There's only one guy in Los Angeles who does hospital breach deliveries, but it wasn't going to work out for her, for her to to use him. There was absolutely nobody. There were no options. Yeah, I mean, she tried to call his office when you know when I first met her and I told her about these five days I'd be gone. They she didn't get a return phone call, which I think is not him. I think it gets his office gets really disorganized. He's really busy. So, but there's not one other physician that I could have asked. To say, listen, if she goes into labor, will you deliver her breach? Isn't that bizarre? Right. It's really bizarre, isn't it? Right. It's really bizarre. No, uh, we've talked about many times before, young doctors not trained, and that pisses me off royally that the residency programs are not training doctors. But guys my age, now, of course, they haven't done them for 30 years or 20 years because of you know, the, the idea that C-sections are easier and they thought they were better for a little while, and that turned out to be false. Um, but to not keep up those skills, I mean, this is, this is what we train for. And guys my age or older know how to do breach deliveries. They know what to do, and they still 
right now because of legal things, because of economics. They mm. don't want to deal with it. Well, uh, seriously, ask gmail.com because there are a lot of folks who listen to your podcast who I know are industry in, in the medical industry, are, are, provi- are providers. Yeah, so if you're uh, if, if Brad Boots Taylor's listening or if John F. Hunt is listening or even Jim Gaffigan yeah. or any of the people, you must know somebody out there who knows somebody out there who knows somebody. Who can help us get this into high motion here. Well, no, or who wants to come to Los Angeles. I guarantee you our weather is better than yours. And wherever you might be listening. I think that's a safe bet. And uh, Weister wants to come to Los Angeles and get involved in uh, something that is, if you could make a nice living and uh, you'd be working with some really great people and we could find somebody to come and who wants to give these women really viable options. Yeah. All right. So really and truly ask Dr. Stu at gmail.com. I think that's very helpful today. And I think we, uh, I think we, we, we had a fun time here. I think we did have a fun time. Here. Yeah. These are that my, was, that was a really fast 30 some minutes. Just was it, was it 30 minutes? It was 30 minutes. Just chatting with you about, and then soupy sales. He had some live you know, improv. We'll, we'll continue. When Randy got a, a package at the door, there was some live improv there. Yeah, and it, well, we paused for a second, so sure. that wasn't so live. But right, um, you know. But we'll, we reacted. I promise we'll get better. We'll we will get better. Don't get down on yourself. <laughs> this was an awesome episode forty-four of Doctor Stu's podcast. Go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Give Doctor Stu five stars. Write a nice review and make sure you join us next time. For Dr. Stuart Fishbein, I'm Brian Whitman. Thanks for joining us on Dr. Stu's Podcast. Mm-hmm.